basically says, hey guys, uh, you made some pretty good clones. Um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to let you go. Basically does the Im Imperial corporate speak of, um, we no longer have any synergy. We are going to have to trim the fat. We're basically gonna use fiber now. Sorry guys. Welcome to Death Watch, the Star Wars podcast from a galaxy not so far, far away. I'm Mike Bennett. And I'm Chris Cole. And today we'll be talking about the Clone Wars season three. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bad Batch episode one. <laughs> I mean, basically is season three of the Clone Wars. Um, it literally will pick up right where the show, the Clone Wars ends. Well, both the series and the events that we see in the Star Wars timeline. Mm -hmm. uh, but this time we're experiencing from the perspective of the eight, I mean, of the, uh, of the Bad Batch. <laughs> yeah, it actually, this, it is interesting. This specific moment in time is overlapped by both the animated series and the movies. Mm -hmm. um, and even in a way that in the opening credits, they had to recreate some of the live action scenes yeah. because they're part of, you know, the, like, so what was cool about this is they started with that same narrator who mm -hmm. uh, voiced the the uh, Admiral, what's his face? Yeah. Uh, Yalarin and uh, sort of like news from the battlefront, like in the 1940s, um, World War Two updates. Mm -hmm. But they go over like Grievous's capture of the of of Chancellor Palpatine and yeah. Anakin and Obi-Wan freeing them and all of the stuff. It just summarizes real quick. Hey, here's what happened. And then we're like still moments towards the end of the, of the movies. Um, but it is, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, like you said, you st it starts by the logo burning away yeah. into the bad batch logo. That's, that's pretty you, symbolic. Like I'm yeah. trying to figure out what the symbolism is, but like, um, it, it's there intentionally. Yeah. It's symboling, symbolizing, uh, Anakin's <laughs> turn to Darth Vader. <laughs> Oof. Turning to um, burnt, burnt toast, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Burnt Vader. Um, <laughs> burnt Vader. <laughs> yeah. But obviously it's a continuation. This is still a Dave Filoni project mm -hmm. like the Clone Wars was initially. Um, and, uh, you know, it picks up the same, has the same aesthetic and vibe as the original series, uh, an updated level of graphics from the previous iteration. But it does look a lot like season seven, which was kind of the new level of graphics. Um, the music's also done by Kevin Kiner. Dee Bradley Baker comes in to, um, you know, voice the 400 millionth clone <laughs> type. Um, 404th millionth clone. Yeah, he probably has more IMD, IMDB uh, roles than any other person, <laughs> even though f 4 million of them are the same, <laughs> are yeah. clones of the same. <laughs> that man, he's a he deserves some, some kind of an award. Um, so many, so many clones that he has to keep track of in his head and he gives them like a different identifier in the yeah, script. It's got like, it's like a wall of the pictures that like his one word identifier. Yeah. Like uh, that, um, the picture of like, uh, which is Charlie from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, here's, here's, here's Rex. Here's crosshair here this is like that's what i see up there it's just like one long conspiracy theory trail of like how of who who needs to voice or how each of the clones are, are voiced it's crazy totally. like it's it's really impressive how he does that yeah now um as of the time of this recording there's three episodes that are already out but today we're just going to focus on the first one titled aptly titled aftermath and since the show uh since this show opener rather has a runtime of 75 minutes 
it feels like a movie. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a lot that's happening in just this one episode. So we're going to punch it and jump right into it. Great. So yeah, this, this episode, it, it's, I'll just briefly chat about overall how, how it felt. Um, it, it feels a lot like the way the force awakens felt in that, like you get introduced to sort of a new set of characters or familiar set of characters. Um, and then there's all of these like connections to previous films or, or episodes and um, storylines that you like you knew about, but now you're going to get another layer of information about it. Um, and it like in the same way that in the force awakens, like they go to destroy a large planet destroyer, like mm-hmm. um, <laughs> evil weapon. Um, it's like the same. It feels like the same kind of uh, vibe as you're watching it. So um yeah, the episode opens up like it, like we said, the same narrator from the Clone Wars, um, Admiral Yolaren's voice. Um, we see we see the quick update of where we are in the timeline. Obi Wan and Anakin have rescued Palpatine, and Grievous flees and and initiates a sort of last ditch effort by the Separatist armies to to try to push back against the Republic. Um, and as always in those episode intros it ends with where the episode is going to start by looking at um, Jedi master Deepa Palaba, which mm-hmm. as soon as that popped up, yeah. first of all, I was like, uh, wait, who is that again? I it was like, so I knew I knew it was someone important. Um, and so even the reveal slightly after it was like mind blowing. Um, but you see Deepa Palaba the same way they kind of cut through other Jedis and what they're doing. Um, she's fighting, at the at the front of the the battle lines with the clones next to her droid armies are launching uh bombs over at them and then it cuts into the episode we get we get a conversation between her clone commander um who i saw some controversy about him he was identified as like a commander and he was a captain or i don't know i don't remember exactly technically captain captain gray but whatever Uh, whatever yeah um and um and we see that they're like pinned down. They're obviously waiting for resources and the clones like reinforcements. Yeah. Right. Your reinforcements. And you're like, if, if the commander doesn't get here soon, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're SOL. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And, uh, at first, like, yeah, at first I hear, um, commander and I'm I'm like thinking like commander Cody or commander Mm -hmm. Rex. It Mm -hmm. does not quite clicking at at that point that like Ahsoka and all the other Padawans are, given the rank of commander um and then you hear like a voice what, what was your reaction to this like on-screen appearance here i mean when i knew i knew that deepa bilaba her padawan was caleb doom and if you hadn't figured out who caleb doom is by that time it's it's also he grows up to be kanan jarrus from star wars rebels um so when i saw her name being dropped and we see her like oh you know Mini Mini Kanan shouldn't be too far. Uh, what I was surprised with, uh, well, first of all, how he like cowabungas his way down <laughs> down the mountain step to like you know to regroup regroup totally. with her with his master. But I was surprised that it still sounded like Freddie Prince Jr. Um, but just like I guess they they adjusted the pitch a little bit, or maybe he just like adjusted his voice a little bit so that it appeared you know appeared younger. Yeah, you could uh, you could hear him modifying it slightly. Yeah, <laughs> a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. So 
So he, he says he, he comes up, he shows up, he says he's by himself and he says he found reinforcements, but then like Captain Gray and 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 Deep Bubble are like, uh Where? Where are they? <laughs> it goes, Oh yeah, they're, they're they were right behind me. He goes and then Captain Gray's like, How many are there? He goes, Oh, there's only five of them. Oh, we're doomed. That's it. We're, we're it was we're like doomed. the same way when in the Mandalorian finale and they're like Oh, there's one X-wing, and Cara Dune's like, "Oh, great, oh, one yeah, X-wing, saved. we're saved." <laughs> but then, you know, to um, all of a sudden, there's like a rumble in the tree line, and all the droids just stop and start looking and start shooting at it. And then, a la Raiders of the Lost Ark, this giant boulder just comes in and just <laughs> smashes away half the droid infantry. Mm-hmm. And then, a second later, the theme song, the theme song starts to play. Bad Batch come out of nowhere, and they start clearing out the other half yeah we get like a, a 60 second recap of what every who, what everyone is what their like uh stereotype is on the <laughs> on the on the team um you know we recap that the bat batch refers to clone force 99 so we remember back from the clone war series 99 was um a, a disfigured clone a, a failed clone so to speak but uh, was a, a friend to all of the clones who went through Camino, and they named their force after him as sort of being, you know, the Clone Force homage. 99 are a bunch of, yeah, it's an homage to this guy because they're also um, sort of altered or uh, they they didn't come out the right way. The, the mm-hmm. bad batch referring to like a, a cooking a batch of clones. Um, they <laughs> came out the wrong way, just like him. Um, yeah, and like Wrecker, Wrecker Rex tech techs crosshair snipes hunter hunts you know the, uh, the only the only i guess offshoot um is echo which yeah he is, yells into into caves he goes echo 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying yeah yeah i can't wait to see that superpower yeah. coming clutch they have that uh, like very stereotypical like it just makes it real easy like who are these guys um this, yeah, like big, what, what their name big, is is what they do. guy likes to smash things and blow stuff up. We're gonna call him Wrecker. Totally. Yeah. Let's, let's call the nerd the obvious nerd with glasses tech. Yeah. Totally. Let's call the Rambo looking dude Hunter. Yeah. So, yeah. They um. But we get to see in that very quick snippet exactly why they're sort of the um. I guess I wouldn't say I wouldn't call them commandos, but why they're the special forces of of the clone troops because of how efficient and you know proficient they are at dispatching their their enemies and i thought this one cool trick i guess was crosshair and wrecker working together where magically crosshair is able to like snipe across hundreds of yards rope that totally exactly at the moment that they attach between these two these three tanks and then wrecker is able to like basically play crack the whip and uh and dispatch of the uh, heavy infantry yeah but they get the job done you know, they, they clear out that particular battalion of, of or that wave of clones and they regroup with General Balaba and, and Captain Gray. Yeah. And then, um, you know, they're obviously having experienced a, a minor victory, clearing out this group. They're like, all right, we need to, like, press the advantage, continue on and take them out. And mm-hmm. uh, Tech has, like, hacked into the Republic Communications Network. And he's like, we may not need to because it sounds like General Kenobi has got a line on General Grievous and he's going to be taking him out very soon on Utapau. And yeah. like, it's kind of at this moment, like a lot of the events, like we know are about to happen. 
and um you know it's all clicking really like <laughs> what is imminent yeah it's, um, and it's happening very fast too yeah ex- like it fast. is yeah. it is crazy i mean like you know we see older kanan in the rebels series um really experiencing what you know definitely what i would call post-traumatic stress disorder being around rex and some of the other clones and recounting his experience of this moment and like it is just insane how quickly it goes from like fighting with my buddies Mm -hmm. to all of a sudden they're shooting at me and they just killed my master um yeah and so uh we we see uh what's his name commander grave step Mm -hmm. off to the side he gets his hologram communicator out and we see the the iconic you know hologram of emperor palpatine thing execute order 66 and yeah the like flip in all of the clones is like pretty i mean they go from like jovial personalities to like robots like i know mm-hmm. we we saw in the clone war series one or two of the clones inhibitor chips malfunctioned and we saw them the way that they were kind of like good soldiers follow orders. They just kind of like kept repeating it yeah. and they kind of were like in a trance, but now to see like all of the clones doing that simultaneously, it was, it was pretty striking. You said something important. That's going to be a callback in a couple of seconds. Um, in this sequence, the, uh, after, so Deepa Balaba is her, her f- troops turn on her. She tells Kanan to run and, um, he sees what's going on. So he, he was about to follow the Bad Batch to, you know, to take out the remaining separatist troops. So when they see what's going on and they try to regroup with him, he's like, you know, defensive, stay back. He doesn't, he can't trust anyone at this point. He runs. So um, they ask, or Hunter asks Wrecker and Tank to basically act as interference. And he asks Crosshair to join him so that he can, they can go get um, Caleb. But unfortunately, both Hunter and Crosshair, this is the beginning of what we see a very strained relationship. They each have different agendas. And as they're going off, you know, the other clones that we're just talking about, Order 66, they're trying to figure out what what exactly that means. It doesn't really affect them, or so we think. Um, Hunter and Crosshair chase Caleb into the into the thick of the forest. Um Hunter is basically we got to find him to save him. Hunter, Hunter, uh, Crosshair rather is basically you know shoot the kill, and we hear we hear him repeating those words. Good soldiers follow orders. Yeah, well, what was chilling too is like I remember from the Rebel series, uh, Kanan recapping what the last words he heard his master say, and it's run and. Mm-hmm that is you hear it but it's also like the desperation in her it's like her last breath coming out in like a shriek and a cry um Mm -hmm. it was it was made more than just like oh hey run it was like i'm dying run yeah and and we actually expired yeah we actually get to see it as it's happening um tech tips off hunter that they figure out what order 66 means which is to remove all jedi from the playing field hunter's like okay but which, but which ones and tech is like all of them so they're confused yeah. they don't know what's what's going on hunter and crosshair finally do catch up with caleb hunter's trying to take a diplomatic approach you know he even takes off his helmet like mm-hmm. kid calm down i'm just as confused as you are i want you to be safe crosshair on the other hand is following orders yeah so when it seems we, apparent at this point that like 
the the inhibitor chip that we're aware of doesn't seem to function in the same way that it does in all yeah. the other clones in, mm-hmm. in clone force 99. Yeah, exactly. The, um, Caleb, we know because he obviously grows up to be Kanan Jarrus. We see him flee. He jumps a ravine using a force jump. Uh, so it's like one can't. of the farthest jumps we've ever seen. I think yeah. I remember seeing Ezra do a similar type jump later. Um, but it is a, it is a huge jump. It's a canyon, yeah. But he's able to get to the other side safely. It's an important detail um, because Crosshair meets up with Hunter and he goes, "Oh yeah, the kid, uh, kid's, kid's gone. You don't have to worry about him." And um, Crosshair sort of challenges that when they're back on the ship on their way back home. He's like, "You, you were looking across. And you weren't down. looking down." Mm-hmm. So that's an important detail, and also goes to show. To, the the ability of the character crosshair like he he's dependent on his eyes he's a sniper so he has to look at those important details mm-hmm. so the team makes their way back home and uh, tech says they've been gone for 180 rotations which i had to look up i never i never understood what that meant a rotation is relative to the um uh i guess the uh, celestial rotation of coruscant so however long it takes for it to rotate on its axis one time, which is basically a day, is what they consider a rotation. So that So like so, the galaxy uses a Coruscant standard. Yes. Or at least yeah. obviously I'm sure locally you've referred to the sun rising and falling, but uh a, a galactic standard run rotation refers to Coruscant's spin. One day. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So so in short, they've been gone for 180 days. And I feel like it, and I think think it's interesting that for them, home is Camino. Like they weren't really stationed on Coruscant or anywhere else. They just their stuff is in Camino. Their training is in Camino, so mm-hmm. they consider Camino their home. Yeah, which, I think which all does clones do. Yeah, because in, so. in in the Clone Wars, when there, there's an attack on Camino, mm-hmm. Asajj Ventress yeah, helps lead true. that attack. It's like an attack on our home is how they like frame that. Yeah, that's true. But they they show up and. Already from the get-go, something doesn't seem right. Um, all of a sudden, they're being tracked by uh, in their in their airspace. They show up at the hangar. Uh, they're treated differently. I think the big uh, tell um, is one: the Coruscant guard being on Camino. Like, what business does the Coruscant guard have to be there? Right. And and two, what is obviously a, a, a fallen Jedi on on a stretcher, which is not something that a clone would want to see. Yeah, it was um oh, why can't I remember her name? She had the the striped ventral. Was, I don't think it was I don't think it was Shock you're thinking of Shakti, but Shakti. I don't think it was her. I thought it was Shakti. It looked like her. I thought I and, thought and, so too. And she was she was like the Jedi instructor like the Jedi of the clones. Yeah. She was like the mom of the Jedi. Yeah, the house of, mom of the, of the clones. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But the, whoever it was had green skin. Shakti had red skin. Oh, okay. I saw that detail again. I'm like, I had to look it up. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I don't, I don't it. think it was her. But either way, we don't know what happened to Shakti. Uh, we can we can only assume because she was already on Kamido, you know, ground zero, so to speak. So um, Tech starts mentioning that the regs, as they call them, which is the uh, non-altered clones. Regulation clones. Or, or regulation clones, rather. They have mm-hmm. their embedded programming. And... Um, and, like, and they're all like they're walking like like zombies are just moving and they like bump into like knock them over because they're just marching in a straight line without like mm-hmm. almost a, a attention to what's in front of them they yeah. are like in in 
in uh, some kind of like trance is how it looks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's very, it's very strange. The, uh, the clones are making their way back to their barracks and they're, you know, sort of talking about and mulling over exactly what happened. Uh, and then tech reveals this embedded programming and they're like, what are you talking about? And I think this is part of why I think, uh, tech's actually one of my favorite characters because like, Oh, I thought you guys, I thought you guys knew about that already. Oh, okay. So he, re- he reveals that embedded programming and he says, you know, likely we're not affected, but, and then he says, I'm not a hundred percent certain of it. And he looks directly at crosshair as yeah. it's, as it's happening. N- not so subtle. <laughs> not, 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 not in the least bit. Right. And then at this point they're called to uh, kind of an all hands meeting of the clones on base. Um, they come into this giant room, which seems like where the cafeteria was from the attack of the clones movie mm-hmm. when they're all eating lunch and looking like each other. Um, <laughs> and we check out the, the Dallas Cowboys big screen TV, the thing that hovers over the field. Um, the, the jumbo gram. Yeah. The jumbo gram. Um, and we get an animated version of this, the live action speech that Palpatine gives from revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. when he's standing in the chamber of the Senate and he says the galactic Republic will be reorganized as, and it's like this really dramatic punch yeah. punctuated se- sentence. And then we get that, it's that moment we get that awesome line from Padme. Mm-hmm. It's just like, so this is how our freedom dies with thunderous applause, like the ignorance of everyone not seeing what's happening here. Yeah. Um, your freedoms are being stripped if you don't understand what an empire is versus a republic. Um, and this is like where we sort of meander into like what I joke about. The prequels were like, hey, I wonder what Star Wars would be like if we focus mostly on government and politics. Um, but this is like an important like distinction of like that the way things are organized in a republic is that p- people have representation and there's some kind of accountability of leadership and in, in an empire. There's not there's yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, you got to do what uh, she Palp says. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so they 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 play that. Um, hologram and they kind of they're looking at each other they start to make their way back to their barracks while they're talking about it and they notice um and it, i love that they you know obviously every they're all from new zealand even though they're cloned on camino but when this new character is introduced um she pronounces her name omega omega my name's omega um, which is really just an, it's a New Zealand accent of Omega. Um, yeah. And I remember seeing it written and then, and then she's like, oh, my name is Omega. And I was like, oh, that's a weird way to pronounce it. And then I was Omega. like, oh, that's a New Zealand accent. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. I love that they did that. So to um, add to and that her and character was, is super yeah. interesting. Yeah. To add to that, they actually casted a New Zealand actress, Michelle Ang, um, who is a native New Zealander. And I feel like that's an important detail because it's a more truer homage to Django Fett's uh, actor to Maura Morrison and his uh, heritage. So to have someone that's not only giving on a more authentic accent, but is an actual uh, actor of that, of that heritage, I think was a very, very good addition. Yeah. All we need is now her like tribal gaffy stick that she drags and smashes skulls with. As, <laughs> as, of like of, as of the time of this recording, we have yet to see a gaffy stick, but I'm holding off for episode four. Yeah. She's, uh, she's quite innocent in that way and, and not a, a mass murdering psychopath like Boba Fett is. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. Um, 
and uh, at, sort of at this moment, um, uh, what's her name? Um, the the Kaminoan Nala Singh, who we like. She was in Attack of the Clones when Obi Wan first comes and is surprised with the fact that there's a clone army waiting <laughs> for him. She's like the the minister of like the. She's not the leader, but she's like the uh, director, sort of. She's like the marketing director. Yeah. Public relations. Um, She's the PR lady and and she's got her hands full right now. Yeah. And she kind of pops in and she's like, all right, like you're not supposed to be hanging out here. We got to go. Then kind of explains that she's her medical assistant um, Mm -hmm. and needs her back to continue to move on. Um, And then we transition to. A ship lands and Admiral Tarkin walks out kind of in the same way that like Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine walk out in the original trilogy movies, like mm-hmm. down the, the gangway of the Lambda shuttle and he's flanked by clone troopers. Um, and I, I like, I love his appearance here. It totally makes sense for who he ends up being part of, like what his role is in the, in the empire when we see mm-hmm. him later. Um, but he he's voiced by Guy Henry, who voiced him in the live action appearance of him in Rebels, where they did the motion cap or not Rebels, sorry, uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. where they and I th- maybe he did do it in, in Rebels too. I, I so forgot too, to look that up. Tarkin does make an appearance and he yeah he, he several sort times of, sort of butts heads with Thrawn. Yeah, he's um, like his nemesis or um, like his competition. Yeah, but. Um, he, the same actor who actually did the the physical acting of Tarkin, who they replaced with mo- motion capture, like hologram, uh, was it the face app? <laughs> um, but yeah, so he comes down and uh, his delivery is incredible. Yeah. Snapchat and, filters these days are crazy, man. I know this bad batch brought to you by Snapchat. <laughs> uh, swipe left. Um, that's that's a different thing. Never mind. A- um, so we are. Um, it was, we begin to be, let's see. Um, so I forget what happens. He, he comes off the, and the he starts to kind of like, what is he doing here? Yeah. I don't understand. He makes his way over to talk to the prime minister and Nala say, and basically says, Hey guys, uh, you made some pretty good clones. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna, he basically does the imperial corporate speak of, um, we no longer have any synergy we are going yeah. to have to trim it's the, the ultimate flex because he's like, we don't need any more clones. They're like, well, we have a contract, an ongoing yeah. contract we're, to make them. We're basically going like, to use Fiverr now. He's like, Sorry, your contract guys. is with the Republic, which no longer exists. We're not the Republic. We, we're, we're the Empire. So I don't know who you're talking about, but it's not us. <laughs> that is uh, a major strategic bad guy loophole. Like that right. is clever well and this is an important like um distinction for like where what happens to the clones over the next you know some period of time is that when we see them the stormtroopers in the original trilogy and even in the rebels animated series we know that they're conscripted soldiers they're not Mm -hmm. um clones and understanding why we get here it's like it comes down to like one they say budget which is like clones cost like 10 to 1 what a um, a conscripted soldier's costs, even yeah. if they fight at 10 to one quality, um, it's they're like, we don't care. Yeah. Um, this I is also the- see this as like, this is how the empire employs, like begins to like employ the galaxy and put them under like their, uh, their control in one way that like the number of stormtroopers they need to sign up. Yeah. 
gets a large percentage of the galaxy just working for the military. Mm-hmm. Um, and is, you know, it's very interesting to see that. To me, this is the true beginning of the, like the empire was already failing before it even began just by looking at their, their budget sense. It's yep. like, you're telling me that you have superior product that you are not willing to invest in and you're, re- you're willing to replace it for inferior product mm-hmm. for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. The, the empire basically, the empire basically went from five-star restaurant to McDonald's overnight. Yeah. Just, and just like, with that well, one you still decision. get fed anyway. What's the, what's the big deal? Uh, and yeah, <laughs> half of us are going to die of diabetes and heart attacks, but at least, at least we get to eat. I mean, you're still going to get peace and security in your new empire. So Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously there's a fight breaks out with her um, in that like large area. They seem to um, whatever they, they end up in this argument. Echo gets knocked out. Yeah. They're in the med bay. He wakes up um, and there's like a mention like the Admiral doesn't seem to be a fan of clones. Yeah. Um, and then the, like that moment they get summoned to kind of like show what they're made of. He Tarkin he's like, I've, I've heard of you guys want to see what you can do. Um, and demonstrate what you can do in the training field. Yeah. But while we wait for Clone Force 99 to show off what they can do in front of the Admiral, let's take a quick break and let you hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Has your Rebel Cell recently relocated and your home base is in need of a renovation? Was your Jedi Temple burned down by an angsty Skywalker and now you're looking to rebuild? Or maybe you're just trying to add a few smuggling compartments to hide in during an Imperial search. Well, Delta Designers is here to help. Delta is a nationwide network of architects and designers led by Chris and myself. If you're ready to start that home renovation you've been putting off, click on the link in the show notes or shoot us an email to mike at deltadesigners.com. Mention Death Watch for $100 off a feasibility study and make a plan today. This This is the way. way. This episode of Death Watch is also brought to you by Skullsquare Design Company. We're also huge fans of The Mandalorian, as well as Star Wars in general, and we wanted to share that love by making gifts for our fellow fans of Mando and the Child. Whether you wanted some flair while enjoying your favorite beverage in Oga's Cantina, or wanted to covertly show your support to the Resistance while exploring Batuu, we've got gifts for everybody. And not just Star Wars fans, but Marvel and Disney fans too. Check us out at SkullSquared.com or follow us on social media at SkullSquared. That's Skull with a C. As in, see y'all real soon. And we're back. So the Bad Batch boys are summoned to the training field where they think it's just another typical training simulation and uh, which they're able to dispatch easily. Tarkin flips the script on them. And this, like, what was cool about this is this is... Uh, like a remake of the one of the earlier Clone Wars episodes when they I think it's season two or three when they flash back mm-hmm. to like the early days of uh, several of the clones we follow all the way through the wars yeah and their their squad um, Domino Squad right yeah um, yeah going through the training process and seeing the the dummies that pop up and how they're supposed to work together and it's pretty it's a pretty um, textbook test uh, yeah. but then. Uh, at, once they're making it look easy, uh, Tarkin flips the script on them, right? <laughs> yeah. Not only does he does he 
make it so that it's now a live fire scenario we he shows up or rather he dispatches what we realize are like early versions or like a prototype of the dark troopers mm. that we saw in the mandalorian yeah and um if if it was tough for one mandalorian one skilled mandalorian to take on a single dark trooper imagine you know five you know even though they're enhanced clones you know it was a Take it was an interesting a squad of those dark troopers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and then on top of that, their weapons are basically useless. So he, yeah. he doesn't give them a bad hand. He like literally takes the hand away from them and is like, "Okay, continue to play poker, but with your fists," which yeah. they which they do proceed to do pretty pretty right. successfully. Record um, does his thing and just starts yeah. smashing things. Um, he actually got shot too, which I thought was like almost yeah. like an ad sort of added a flair of drama to the situation. Yeah. They, um, they literally have their hands full. He, um, they, but what, what, what's great about their, their team is their ability to be able to improvise. You know, they say that they disobey orders or they deviate from instruction and mission parameters and things like that. But that's also what's kept them alive up to now. And they show that in this particular, you know, fight sequence, uh, echo wrecker, uh, Echo does, you know, he shows you what he can do with like his his mechanized like drill, I think, whatever whatever oh, right. you want to call it. You know, he's he basically his connector arm. Yeah, so his uh, droid probe, whatever. He's like shocking, not shocking, but disabling the uh, the dark troopers by the neck. Wreckers pinning them down. Tech is literally hacking at a droid, and he pulls a BB-8 on an ATST move and starts like piloting it and starts shooting uh shooting the other dark troopers with its you know with similar type ammunition. So they're able right. to dispatch several of them all at once. Um and then the final one, which gives them a little bit of trouble, they pull this super clutch uh crosshair literally snipes a knife into the last droid to to knock it down so that sequence was pretty interesting because it shows you before that they don't they don't quit you know they're willing right. to work you know how they work together they work great as a unit um turkin unfortunately does not like that you know you can tell that he thought that he had the upper hand he's like yeah i can prove finally that these clones are not all that and right. and they prove him wrong so yeah he was looking for a good excuse to kind of dismiss clones out of hand yeah yeah exactly yeah. so he, he walks off stage with nala say while we're leaving the the boys to pick themselves up right so we move on we we switch from star wars to the matrix and get to see all of the people in the test tube tanks um i, I always think about that every time it's literal test see camino babies. yeah um and uh you know we're looking at omega and he's asking how many of these uh enhanced clones do you possess uh you know we know echo doesn't count but um you know if you hadn't figured it out they're talking about omega omega yeah yeah uh, it's kind of it's kind of assumed that tarkin well he's looking at her so it's sort of does he he may have his, his suspicions like does she does he know does he not know uh, but yeah. yeah, why is she special? Exactly. And yeah, we don't know. I mean, if she's a clone of a male and she's a female, there's a, yeah. you know something there already. Yeah, it leads you to the question. It's a mutation. 
um, yeah. was that specific mutation um, intent in um, intentional, or was that part of the defect that she just happened to be born female? Um, and then there's a conversation that they have is uh, with uh, regarding um, the Squad ninety nine that they're defective, but they have enhanced abilities. So when they say that there's five of them that are like that, and we can surmise that Omega is the fifth one, the question is, what are her enhanced abilities? We haven't really seen. Oh, it's true yet. because Echo is not an enhanced yeah. clone. He's he's a he's a, a tortured prisoner of war clone who just happens yeah. to have special abilities because of it. Right. No big deal. Yeah. So, uh, what I what I found interesting as part of that conversation though is that Tarkin mentions that. Uh, there's a counter report filed by one of their own, he says, and that the Padawan um, Caleb Dune escaped. Mm-hmm. Like immediately I knew like Crosshair has been acting super sus up to this point. So yeah. I would, I would definitely have assumed that it was he, the one who filed that so-called counter report, which means he basically snitched on his team. Yeah. I definitely saw Crosshair by the power generator. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's we should, anyway. Do do you play um what's it called? Well, stranger no. What's it called? Um, the game where they say sus. Yes, oh. Among Us. Among Us, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, like was, basically uh, Star I, Wars. I totally I totally saw Crosshair hanging around in the in the in the ducks in the air vents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so they we're moving on from this situation and they're being sort of um, reassigned on a mission sort of prove to Tarkin that they're worth keeping around. They've been told that they're going to Onderon, which should trigger for you remembering from the Clone Wars. It's a place we've been. Um, we It's where Rex and Anakin train the first version that we see of Saw Gerrera and his rebels on Onderon, sort of like in an unofficial capacity, kind of like... Um, like uh, military advisors to like the Iraqi army or Afghanistan yeah. army or whatever. Like mm-hmm. we're not fighting for the Republic here. We're training you to fight for yourselves kind of thing. Um, but it still benefits the Republic. Exactly. Um, and so they're going there and um, just before they ship off, Omega tries to warn Hunter about Tarkin's intentions yeah. and says that Camino is not safe anymore, uh, which is really interesting. Yeah, Hunter kind of shrugs it off, heads onto yeah. the ship. Yeah, they don't know specifically what she's referring to, but I get. I think you can just add this on to another clue to whatever it is that um, Omega Omega can do. Yeah. So they do. Um, they basically uh, ship off. On they're on their way over to um, to Onderon. They land, and they do end up making their way over to the quote unquote insurgents camp. But the problem is that according to their scans, one. There are no droids because they were told that it was separatist insurgents. Right. There's definitely all people. And two, they're definitely dealing with old folks and children. Women and children, yeah. Exactly. So Crosshair is like, Tarkin said insurgents. He didn't say anything about droids. So he's right. very keen on trying to finish the mission no matter what. But um, Hunter once again objects and he realizes that they're not alone. And sure enough the insurgents sort of they you know surround them yes they pop pop out of the bushes they connect and then you know it's it clicks for hunter he's like oh you're saw carrera i know you you trained with general skywalker and and commander rex um and they they kind of 
they're like, we were here to kill separatist insurgents. Have you seen them kind of thing? And mm-hmm. they're like, we are them. And if you think like the empire is any diff, like is any good in any way, like you, you're so far off, you're lost. The empire is just going to press their hand, like press everyone down under their thumb. Um, you know, very, uh, unhopeful is like this is the worst is about to happen you think the clone wars are over but like the real war is about to begin kind of thing yeah Um, he gives them he gives them a warning to adapt and survive or to die with the past it's like he basically gives them sagarera gives them the choice you know what you do now is up to you right um and so you know they decide obviously not to fight them uh they leave them there uh, and Crosshair challenges Hunter's leadership. Like you, all, you don't have the leadership ability to carry out your orders. You were, we were ordered to kill these people, and you you're disobeying orders. And it's sort of this like echoing of the good soldiers mm-hmm. follow orders thing that keeps coming up. Um, yeah, and the tension is just really rising, blowing up on on their squad. Yeah, and what doesn't help is the fact that they've been spied on. Uh, there's an Imperial pro droid nearby. Hunter is able to, you know, sense it, and he's able to take it down. So they realize that Tarkin has been spying on them, making sure that they were that they were able to complete the mission or not, which they don't. Right. So they know that okay, we're found out. What do we do? Let's just get out of here. We can't go back to Camino. Um, and Hunter's like, well, no, we can't. We 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 got to go back. At that point, Tech sort of. And I think this is kind of why another reason why I think he's my favorite character because of the lack of tact that he has kind of makes him unique. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Omega's a clone. And they're like, what? what? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, it's not it's not surprising because she's got heightened awareness. Of course, she'd be a little paranoid that, you know, something's wrong with Camino. And because you do this the whole time. Yeah, I thought you guys knew. Why would it be? Why would it be obvious? It kind of went over everybody's heads, you know. But he realized, you know, so adding to that, that's another reason why Hunter says we have to go back to Camino. We have to go and get her because it's not safe for for her. Yeah. Um, but he again, he makes that decision knowing full well that Tarkin's going to be gunning for them when they get back. Yeah. And as soon as they do make it back, um, it comes up, you know, almost right away. Tarkin expresses his disappointment and accuses them of conspiring with Saw Gerrera. Uh it goes it goes south pretty quick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So they don't have to get too far to split up and find Omega. Turns out when they uh when Tarkin and the guards arrive, they get immediately get sent to the brig. And uh, look, you know, lo and behold who's waiting for them is Omega. So you know, happy reunion. Um they're completely stripped of their armor. They're put behind a small cell, behind a ray shield. Um, so it's at that it's that time that Crosshair, you know, they're of course their tensions are rising to a crescendo. He takes that time to air out his grievances about, you know, accusing Hunter being soft that he's been making all the wrong decisions ever since Caller. Uh, and again, he repeats, "Good soldiers follow orders." At this point. Yeah. Omega, I think she starts to show off, and I theorize that what makes her special is less uh, physical, like compared to the other clones, you know, like senses or strength, uh, but it's more 
emotional. Her abilities are more mental, like like an empath. And she yeah. tries to empathize with uh, Crosshair, you know, the one person who's like, doesn't care about her would honestly leave her for dead in a moment's notice. She's the one going up to him and says, I know you're angry. Please don't do what you're about to do. I know what you're going to do. Yeah. And what you, what you're doing is you don't have any control of. She's basically saying, I know what you're about to do and I forgive you for it. Yeah. It's, it's almost that like, like Jedi intuition, like mm-hmm. sensing the moment before it happens. It's crazy, which would be insane. A, a Jedi clone. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll get into that later. Um, I don't so, know if there are any, any clones from New Zealand. I'm oh, sorry. Je- Jedi from New Zealand. Um, yeah, that would be, is, that would be pretty special. Uh, any, anyway. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're in this cell and then they have like a real typical, like, uh, um, like prisoner breakout sequence where they, um, they cough, make a little noise, and, and Wrecker like pounds the wall and knocks the panel loose, um, which allows Omega to crawl up through a duct vent. Which, you know, I, as an architect, we know you don't design duct vents to go into jail cells and out to the free area. Let alone make them people-sized, you know, conveniently enough for people to literally go. The crawl spaces, air ducts are not crawl spaces. Crawl spaces are meant for crawling. Air ducts are not crawl spaces. You know yeah. how much dust uh, and debris and dirt, like, ill yeah. skin, yeah. just in your ew. gross, man. So anyway, she takes advantage of this poor uh, HVAC contractor's logic and escapes, drops down, and like is very formidable in battle. Like knocks out the two um, like prison guard troopers who are there. Yeah, um, and, well, and she literally out gets the rest the of the crew. On them. So that is a sort of <laughs> yeah. unfair advantage. She she pulls an Obi Wan and has the high ground on them. So, but she know. doesn't say hello there. <laughs> That's mildly disappointing. Yeah, mildly disappointing. But anyway, it's enough for her yeah. to be able to uh, take the shield down, and uh, Wrecker, you know, is able to uh, make quick work of the guard that is able to grab her. Yeah, I, um, they realize that they they need to get out of there. Uh, ASAP because they've obviously they've already been imprisoned their yeah. word of their escape is going to come out quick and they are going to get locked down forever so they break for their to get their stuff out of what is it locked in the, the armory it's or somewhere like it's, it's like in the hangar conveniently close oh, yeah. to where their their ship is of all the hangars out of right. all the hangars in the entire facility on all Camino it happens to be the one right next to where their ship is but I digress. Just before this happens, we have to note that Crosshair is taken from the brig. He's he's basically summoned to the principal's office. And this this interaction where he's in the lobotomy tube or whatever, um, Nalase and Tarkin are having a conversation about his the effectiveness of efficacy. Efficacy, thank you, of his uh, inhibitor chip. You know, Tarkin's like, you're saying it may not have been affected, but he's clearly loyal to the Empire. So um, yeah. what are the chances we can dial this sucker up to 11? And Nala's like, we can do that. Okay, okay do it. So shock therapy for Crosshair. Uh, then we cut back to the team making their escape. And they make their way finally to the hangar. And they get their stuff conveniently. Um, unfortunately, 
they don't know what's going on with Crosshair. So just like their plan with before with Omega, like, okay, we got to go find Omega, and then Omega comes to them. They don't have to go f- too far to, f- to find Crosshair, fortunately. He's uh, he's there with some buddies in some brand new gear, which kind of almost looks like... Um, not the almost looks like the dark trooper armor actually, or like a stealth commando of, mm-hmm. of some kind. It's like it's similar to what his old armor was like, but just has like that dark, like black and green color scheme to it. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely symbolic of like you know, it echoes like some religious texts, like your you your old self, your old clothes, and your new clothes. Mm-hmm. Like they represent like his new allegiance um, mm-hmm. to the emperor. And not just to the Republic. So I think it's uh, a cool little visual that they give him instead of just his old armor hopping back into the group. Yeah. So they uh, they encounter Crosshair, and there's this really the 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 tension finally reaches its peak. There's this showdown style shot. I really love that like long corridor shot that they have of Hunter on one end and Crosshair on the other, and they're just like looking at each other from a distance. Um, that. I thought that scene was pretty cool. And and for a split second, the tables are turned, so to speak. Hunter's like, "Are you? is that an order? And the crosshair laughs. And is like, yeah, I guess I guess it is. And then Hunter's like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to disobey that one too. So, Good soldiers followers. Well, but only from, the right, only from a certain point of view. From a certain, from a certain point of view. So <laughs> the, um, the firefight, the ensuing firefight shows up. Some uh, smoke grenades are thrown. And then Hulk Wrecker literally like Hulk claps, Hulk smashes like the smoke away and thro- boomerangs these like large metal panels to to dispatch a few of the of the chorus on guard that are with him. Yeah. Is Disney trying to subtly work in their Marvel universe into, into Star Wars? I feel like Hulk and Wrecker would make great friends. I feel like Thor and Wrecker would make for even better friends at the very least like good drinking buddies but i digress um i have to say this so there's a scene where um crosshairs like close the shuttle bay doors so they can't make their escape and then one of the guards is pressing another unmarked white button saying oh this button that says nothing is not working therefore it is being hacked and i can't close it someone's preventing me from closing the door and then cut to Nala say, basically saying, no way, Jose. And she's the one who's preventing them from closing the door. I make no apologies for that joke. No, it's good. Thank you. It, it passes muster. So um, that move with uh, Wrecker, you know, basically clearing the smoke is good for them to, for the others to get clear shots, but it opens him up for a shot from Crosshair. So he's down. And uh, Hunter and Echo have to pick him up while Crosshair is is trying to take a shot. But uh, interestingly enough, and this is, um, you know, she says something pretty important later on. Uh, Omega finds a blaster and she takes a, sh- a pop shot at at uh, Crosshair, and it's like it magically is perfect. She basically pulls a Greedo and shoots first, and then knocks his rifle out of it, out of his hands. I'm thinking, how is this little girl who's probably never fired a blaster before in her life? How does she make like a perfect shot? Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling it gets answered later, but for now, it's enough for uh, the gang to pick up Wrecker, get back on the ship, 
and uh, and clear off. Yeah. So they're able to make their escape. Yep. And so, yeah, they're they're checking out record seeing how he's doing omega walks into the cockpit she's never seen stars before it's kind of like when anakin kid anakin gets on the the cruiser and um to go with qui-gon and obi-wan he's just kind of literally starstruck um (laughs) and uh and then they get the like the money shot of of going to hyperspace in a minute which is so cool to see but the plan for them is to lay low Mm-hmm. Um, but they know Crosshair is gunning for them, so it won't be easy. Omega asks about friends with tech equipping. That's you know, it's a short list. Um, not a lot going on mm-hmm. in the friend department outside nope. of the clones. Um, yeah, like now, literally all of our brothers hate us and are zombies and will shoot us dead. Yeah, so. but but Hunter does remember one mm-hmm. that he can think of. Tech plots a course for Sector J-19. Nothing is, like, said here, but we remember at some point that Hunter came across a, uh, what do you call him, a, an AWOL clone mm-hmm. um, on, on Seleucami. It so wasn't, I don't know if it was necessarily, I don't remember if it was Hunter who, but we have seen this particular clone, and we have been Seleucami. Yeah. So we can, we can surmise when they say J-19, they don't say it Im- immediately, but... In that desolate sector, there's at least one inhabited planet, and yep. uh, and we've been there before, so we'll, we're going to see that in the next episode. For um, sure. Something I found that was kind of important is that Hunter asks her, you know, that was a nice shot. Have you have you ever fired have you ever fired a blaster before? And she goes, No. I find that very suspicious, but instead of throwing again my hat into the, I it think- was a lucky shot. What? Yeah, I, I think it's it's another for me thought like this legit could be like a little clone Jedi. Being- Man, I've I've heard some people say that, and um, like partially I want it to happen. Yeah, uh, I've legit only seen this episode, so I really don't know if it even comes up later. Um, yeah. So, but I'm just again just to pick it up i mean i guess it's also possible like the the knowledge of shooting is somehow embedded in their like mm-hmm. dna um i don't quite know how all that works i assumed it's all training but yeah i don't know but even other than we, that it's got to be the force yeah it could it could be other two things uh <laughs> well for me it you know the conditional tra- the condition training that a, that a clone has gotten from youth um it's a all the normal, all the other clones, they receive training even from from a young age. So mm-hmm. it's not it's not impossible to assume that she's received some training like that as well. Um, but I'm also theorizing that she's some sort of empath, mm-hmm. and that she, you know, inherently picks up the abilities of the people around her, which is kind of which might be a reason why she was um, sort of kept apart from all the other clones. Why we've never seen her. Why she's been so sure. close to. Now let's say why or like a, a medical assistant being an mm-hmm. empath would be super helpful. Like, yeah, they're feeling this. Let's help them. But yeah, so it's, it's still too soon to say, I think we know that she, we know that she's special in some way has yet to be revealed exactly how special she is for now. We're just, she's, we just know that she's a clone. She's the first female clone. And then she's got a new, uh, new clone dad in Hunter and, uh, the bad Hashtag batch. clone dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and uh, the Bad Batch will probably be better with her. So, 
Sweet. So the, the music that crescendos mm-hmm. as tech, his fingers dance across the buttons on the keyboard, hyperdrive activates and they blast off and credits. And that is the end of this, whatever, 90 minute episode. How long is crazy? Long? It was like 70, it was like 75 minutes. Yeah. Super so long. What did you think of this first episode? Like what are your, um, what are your hopes for the rest of the series? Yeah. I mean, I love that they did this it helps to like, look at the immediate like intricacies of the transition from the Republic to the empire. Um, you know, seeing order 66 play out in a little bit more detail. Cause it's like in the movies, it's kind of a montage. Like you keep, you just click, you're switching back and forth between five or six different planets and watching a few different Jedi masters here. You, you see master Palaba get, killed and the emotion of of caleb seeing that happen and running um and so that was really interesting and then watching the turn of the clone army into the like mindless rule followers Mm -hmm. um was really interesting to see like that the impact of the inhibitor chip i mean you hear the word inhibitor and inhibit means to like limit and so like it really it seems like it starts to turn off a lot of mental abilities and as opposed to just turning on one like command, mm-hmm. it starts to literally like dumb down your, um, like your free will. Like, so, yeah, exactly. Certain cognitive abilities. Yeah. Um, how about you? De- yeah, this is definitely the beginning of, you know, why the, why the, uh, stormtroopers were they, where they are in the original trilogy versus they had a clone army and Tarkin is basically being a bureaucrat about it. Um, so that's the answer. It's because the empire is cheap. Yeah. That, that's why we um, got stormtroopers that couldn't shoot a bantha. Because they literally couldn't because they were just off. They weren't really good soldiers. No, but there were a lot of them. And if you fire 50 blasters at a bantha, you're bound eventually to hit one, one eventually. Eventually one is going to hit. Exactly. Um, I personally have, uh, you know, this is going to be like another, you know, misadventures with your with the crew that you, that you've got kind of story. And we know there's going to be 16 episodes and, um, you know, no, no spoilers for the next few, because we've already seen like the first three, uh, there's still, it feels still feel like there's a lot left of the story to tell. So I'm very excited to see what the rest of the story shows and sort of a revelation mm-hmm. of how this Omega character will play out in the rest of the storyline or, or, you know, I'm really hoping that by episode 16, they don't kill off the bad batch but hopefully answers the question as to where they are or what happens to them in the rest of the Star Wars series. Like kind of like yeah. Rex, you know, I'm yeah. also excited to see Rex because we saw in the trailer that Rex does show up somewhere in, in the Bad Batch series. Yeah. Uh, but yep. as to when and how we don't know yet. Sure. Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. If you like this episode, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast or get your friends to subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for our show to become visible to new listeners. And we, we can't tell you how much that means to us. Also, please follow us on Instagram at Death Watch Podcast, on Twitter at Death Watchcast, and on TikTok at Death Watchcast. And if you have any questions, any comments, did we miss anything, uh, do you have a suggestion for an upcoming episode? You can feel free to email us deathwatchpodcast at gmail.com and we'd love to feature it on future episodes thanks for listening this is the way this is the way <laughs>